Aha, gotcha. Tom Friedley at Radio underscore Tom on Twitter. The Radio Zeitgeist on Facebook. Hashtag Radio Zeitgeist Global Broadcasting Network. I'm the king today. I sit on the, uh, all by myself in an unbooked meeting room at Austin Public Library. Austin got one right, you know, for the uh, Democrat shithole we're rapidly becoming. This thing's uh, going on its second year, coming up on the third anniversary, I think. Six floors of knowledge and computers and meeting rooms, a bunch of us, evidently a burning podcast from these rooms. All right, just um, riffing here. We're, we're still far from out of the woods here, folks, and uh, I think that's pretty self-evident. We're going to real clear politics today. Again, uh, usually a good mimetic spread left and right. Just want to keep it simple. Uh, Claire Grays and Don Beck, Spiral Dynamics Integral, the map of the territory. Just, just cognitive biases are a thing. Be rolling out more shows in the coming months on the science. Uh, they go back like six decades since the end of World War II. America led the led the the charge on, you know, if you use cognitive, for example, uh, use this one. If you want something for someone, uh, be sure and put because in your sentence. Hey, Dad, can I borrow the car because, honey? Could we change that date to because? Um, you're much more likely to get what you want. There's been science on this. Look it up. Cognitive filters, cognitive biases. We are all literally living with a different filter on the world. So here's a filter. This is from spikedonline.com this morning. Have we reached the high watermark of woke? American progressives are provoking a furious backlash. This is Joel Kotkin, published here today, 20th of October, 2021, on Radio Zeitgeist. Your stop for the art of critical thought in an age of too much, so much information. And again, uh, FS, egalitarian self, to sidebar to the wonky sprawl dynamics. Um, the egalitarian self, this is, this is the work of Claire W. Graves, he begat in 1951. Again, Don Beck and I are supposed to be writing a book on how he used this in South Africa called Stratified Democracy. Right? But the FS, egalitarian self, each, each mimetic code is attempting to solve the problems that the prior one created. This, again, this goes all the way back to when we were hunter-gatherers, depending on what anthropologist Don will tell you, you saw it's between 40,000 and 200,000 years ago, right? So, uh, but again, uh, what happens is, is this each unfolds and it begins to eat itself and chase its tail. And the FS egalitarian self, I live in Austin, the poster child is Austin, in Seattle, in Portland. Um, We'll do shows in the coming days on the far left. There was some good math finally. I think in the Atlantic, I got to look it up for Radio Zeitgeist after the last election. The far left, they cited 8%. If you're 8% of any polity, you're stuck doing coalitions with others. That explains why the far left or peak egalitarian FS green self in Sprout Dynamics. So again, uh, Islam does not go with LGBT. Uh, trans are stepping on the feminist rights and sports that we've battled for for decades. Spike Joel Kotkin, the columnist, begins this piece today. Over the past decade, the woke agenda has crested like a giant tsunami covering virtually the entirety of academia, the media, the corporate world, and even the military. That'll be enough, Tom adds. The Gramscian concept of the long march through the institute 
institutions embraced by 1960s radicals like Germany's Rudi Dushki has achieved overwhelming success. Joel continues, yet there are signs that the woke progressive model may be losing its appeal, even among some liberals. The bulk of public opinion is not in progressives' favor. In the U.S., activist progressives, notes a recent study, there's a bunch of links in here that I'll include in the, uh, the show, the podcast to the cloud, I will. In the U.S., activist progressives, notes a recent study, represent 8% of the electorate, barely half of the size of moderates and barely a third of the size of conservatives. Oh, all right, well, I guess maybe they're citing that. Must be getting pretty right here. How about that? Tom gets one, all right. What they lack in numbers, however, they make up for with single-minded determination. Progressive whites, noted the, uh, noted the Atlantic, yeah, this is this piece. I should find it and include it. Are the most intolerant of all Americans, led by those in the Boston area, while people in smaller towns and cities seem far more open. Joel continues, the scalps of those targeted by the woke are strewn across the landscape. There is a cancellation of ideologically unacceptable speakers, the delisting of books, there will be a link here, and the increasingly selective media coverage, evident particularly in the 2020 election and its aftermath. Yet the very vehemence of progressives, their lack of humor or grace, may prove to be their undoing. Among Republicans, wokeness drives them further away from the mainstream media, as many of them now regard certain outlets as little more than vehicles for proselytizing progressivism. But it's not just the nut jobs of the far right. A recent Rasmussen study, with a link here, found that 58% of likely voters at least somewhat agree that the media are the enemy of the people, including 34% who strongly agree. He goes on, cancel culture is no more popular than the rest of the woke agenda. More millennials oppose than support cancel culture, notes a recent morning concept poll. Oh, good news, Tom adds. The older generations are much more firmly against it. But most heartening is that those in the younger generation, the so-called Zs, are the most hostile to cancel culture, with 55% disapproving of it and only 8% supporting it. Mm -hmm. The mimetic wagons are circling, Tom adds. Joel continues, simply put, what progressives are offering the populace does not much like, particularly on social issues. There's been a record-breaking surge of violent crime, but some progressive politicians and media enablers have refused to combat disorder. Some have even embraced riots, particularly the looting, and back defunding or even abolishing the police. We got an initiative uh, on the ballot here in Austin there to defund the police. Uh, so I got to get, get out here, try to burn a show with someone I found doing ads in South Austin, and uh, I got to vote early on Monday. Uh, moving on, Joel writes, the, this has not worked out well for the progressives. In the New York City mayoral elections, a black ex-cop won the Democratic nomination against candidates sympathizing, sympathetic to the defund the police approach. Even left-leaning constituencies are horrified by crime, disorder, and massive homelessness, as demonstrated when Austin, here we are, voted overwhelmingly to end camping on the street. Yeah, I covered that uh, protest. Uh, the mayor had cut off the electricity to uh, those folks for a minute. I called 911, had him put it back on. I threatened to come hold him accountable. All right, moving on, Joel continues. Perhaps most important of all, the far-left agenda pushed by Bernie Sanders and the progressives in Congress 
who are essentially setting up a new green politically correct system financed by taxpayers is failing with the public, particularly independents. Public support for big government has decreased. Eh, imagine that, that's tough. Notes Gallup and is now the minority position. In Ohio, a Bernie Sanders-style candidate for Congress was soundly defeated. The Biden administration continues to struggle with low poll ratings as it continues to identify with the progressives. Race has been a particular problem for Biden, along with everything else on ads. The administration has embraced the racialist agenda of the progressives built around critical race theory. Remarkably, parents opposing CRT in schools have been singled out as potential terror threats that should be monitored by the FBI. Yet, the, this parents' movement seems to be gaining strength, including in upper middle class suburbs in places like Loudoun County, Virginia, the Philadelphia Ring Counties, and North Dallas. My old stomping grounds. Where the Democrats had made gains previously, but now stand to lose ground. In 2021, Joel writes, the number of school board recalls has more than doubled from previous years, according to Ballotpedia, and there are numerous legal challenges to critical race theory across the country. Thank God, Tom editorializes. But when it comes to Biden's political malpractice, nothing compares to the mounting disaster at the border. Most Americans favor legal immigration, but support for open borders amid the biggest surge in illegal crossings in 20 years is not deep. The massive movement of migrants started in earnest after Biden's election and is deeply unpopular across the country. Latinos, including some border state Democrats, are themselves deeply concerned about the mass incursions. Some of them are now shifting to the GOP. Look for that to continue, Tom adds. But it's not just among newcomers or minorities that the woke are losing their grip. Many long-term liberals have been shocked by the abandonment of concepts of free speech and open inquiry by many Democrats, including by some in the Biden administration. Trump may perform like a dime store Mussolini, but it's increasingly clear that the push towards the censorship comes largely from the left, which has captured most of the media. Liberal journalists like Matt Tiabi, look for him on Radio Zach years in, Barry Weiss and Glenn Greenwald have uncovered the odd ties between Democratic operatives including in the media, the organizations like the CIA and FBI, once widely suspected as right-wing enforcers. Constantly amazes me here. This is less a shift to the right, as occurred with neoconservatives under Reagan and Thatcher, and more an internal rebellion. As long as Republican politicians remain loyal to Trump, while adopting extreme views on social issues like abortion and flirting with white nationalist themes, there's little chance liberals will embrace the GOP. But liberals increasingly can't share the stage with progressives either. The 2020 Harper's Letter, with a link here, against cancel culture, signed by many left-of-center writers and academics and published in a left-of-center magazine, was no endorsement of conservatism. It was blowback against illiberalism and a stifling atmosphere, which its signatories say has intensified a new set of moral attitudes and political commitments that tend to weaken our norms of open debate and toleration of differences in favor of ideological conformity. The best way for Biden and the Democrats, Joel writes, to revive themselves, as Bill Clinton political guru James Carwell notes, would be to detach the party from gender, race, and other lunacies of the faculty lounge. 
In contrast, an approach that seeks reform within the framework of the constitutional order and favors middle and working class upward mobility would work well, particularly with working class whites and Latinos, as well as the suburban moderates who hold the balance of power in American politics. Perhaps the most impregnable part of the woke empire may be the formerly right-leaning corporate sector. The shift to progressive politics has snaked there through the human resource departments and led many executives to seeing the prizes of it and give money to groups like Black Lives Matter, whose agenda, among other things, includes demolishing capitalism, whatever that means. Some firms are already acting to enforce wokeness, denying credit and payment services to unacceptably rightist candidates or movements. Google, for example, now routinely demonetizes political movements that offend progressive sentiments. Although this standard does not always apply to the vitriol of Iran's mullahs or the Nation of Islam. Woke tech firms like Amazon, Facebook, and Google seem particularly vulnerable. As Bay Area Council President Jim Wonderman suggests, they are, quote, scared of their own employees and are adopting positions simply to keep militants in their ranks quiet. Some companies like Coca-Cola may be beginning to rethink swallowing whole the progressive agenda, which has led to a backlash among consumers and local politicians. Coke and Wall Street firms like BlackRock may be big backers of the craze for so-called ethical investing, but they are also deeply committed to making money, including by doing business in autocratic China. Microsoft and a host of other firms are helping to build China's surveillance state, while others like Kodak take down pictures of what's going on in Xinjiang to please the mandarins. Companies like Apple emit errors of progressivism, but they are opposing efforts to denounce Uyghur concentration camps or repression in Hong Kong and would likely sit idly by during an invasion of Taiwan. Let's hope we don't find out soon, Tom adds. Hypocrisy on a grand scale is nothing new, but the brazenness of all this could begin to wear down the corporate woke tide. This is not to suggest that the door radical fringe will leave us alone in the near future, given their outsized cultural, political, and societal influence. But at least their assertions are no longer being left unchallenged, even among liberals. If we are lucky, their joyless reign may not ever quite be consummated to the vast relief of both of us. Joel Kotkin is a Spike columnist, the presidential fellow in Urban Features, Urban Futures at Chapman University, and executive director of the Urban Reform Institute. Uh, Joel's latest book, The Coming of Neo-Feudalism, is now out. Find Joel on Twitter, at Joel Kotkin, J-O-E-L-K-O-T-K-I-N. It'll be all in the link there in the show to the cloud. Tom Friedley, at Radio underscore Tom on Twitter, the Radio Zach Gustin on Facebook. Hashtag, of course, Radio... Zeitgeist, Global Broadcasting Network. 